Welcome to the End to End Podcast with Derek and Carl Francazzi on Anchor, Spotify, or any other platform you may be listening in on. This is episode five of season one, and today we are reviewing the Champions League round of 16 and previewing the round of eight draw. Thank you for tuning in. Feel free to follow us on all social media at End to End Podcast, and feel free to donate directly to the podcast via listener support on Anchor, which supports the which helps support the podcast and create better content for you all. So Derek, uh, let's start with Liverpool, RB Leipzig. Liverpool beat RB Leipzig in the second leg 2-0, winning 4-0 on aggregate. Uh, Derek, is Liverpool going to make a deep run in the Champions League because they only have to really focus on that now? Uh, I think they're set to make it deep in terms of they just made quarters. I think that they're probably out of the top five. They're five, definitely. Mm -hmm. I don't think they really have like you definitely don't put them in one or two. That's part that's uh, Bayern and PSG. You look to the next team. I would put Chelsea above them personally at mm-hmm. the moment with how City. each team's performing. Yeah, and Man City almost forgot about them. So it's just yeah, they. I don't think they're going to make a totally deep run. I think they have Madrid next, yep. and that doesn't help them at all. I think. I'm, in, obviously, that game is, you know, we're going to talk about it later, but it's injuries against injuries. Who's managing injuries better? I think it's Real Madrid, so I don't think they're going to make it past the next round myself. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you. I think if they had maybe gotten a Porto or a Dortmund, they'd had a chance. Yeah. Uh, even a PSG probably gives them a better chance than uh, Real Madrid just because PSG, I think, would be attack, 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 and maybe yeah. you can hit them on the counter with your pace and you get behind them. Um, especially with Pochettino, who's like uh, Jurgen Klopp's went against him a few more times than he has against Zidane, Zidane. obviously. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they're done. I think they'll lose to Real Madrid. We'll talk about that game later. I don't think they'll make a deep run. If they do get past Real Madrid and maybe they get, you know, Joe Gomes back or Matip back, who knows? You know, maybe with that front three, Jota's make back. Make it interesting. Yeah, they can make it interesting. But right now, uh, I think that, I think they'll they'll go out in the round of eight. But, hey. I thought they were going to lose to Leipzig, so good on them. Um, yeah. 4-0 on aggregate, two shutouts, two solid wins. Leipzig, to be honest, were very underwhelming for, for many parts of the games. Uh, Liverpool had a lot of control in most parts and, and forced, them, forced some real errors out of them and really got uh, yeah. two good results. So, uh, Derek, let's, let's move on to the RB Leipzig side. Uh, Julian Nagelsmann, uh, do you think he's going to leave this summer? you think he leaves Leipzig? Personally, I don't think it's the right time for him mm. to be leaving. I, I don't really see any clubs right now that are moving on from a coach that is like, oh, yeah, he should go there. Like, yeah. that's a club. I don't think anything really fit, suits him right now. I think he should stay another season, see if, like, Coman might get moved out of Barcelona. He might be able to move over there, build his own thing, because we all know that they're going to head into a rebuild. So it's just – I think he should wait for the right time to make that move, and then when he does, it will be very good for him. I mean, when, when you told me, you you know, you wanted to talk about Nagelsmann leaving in the summer, I was like, okay, that's fine. I don't mind it. To be honest, Nagelsmann's stock to me is really low right now because yeah. you you got knocked out by Liverpool, and it's half of a Liverpool team. It's not even a top Liverpool team. You didn't score against them. In both games, it was pretty comfortable for Liverpool. Um, I don't think they've gotten better throughout the season. I think they've still been very inconsistent. Um, Nagelsmann's a guy that I really thought like I would have loved to have him at Chelsea a few months ago before Tuchel came yeah. in. Um, and now, you know, Nagelsmann, you know, as much as he's a young promising manager, he he has uh he has to really make good on some some results here soon, get yeah. you know, get Leipzig back competing in the right way, I guess you could say. 
You it seems like them four nil Liverpool. Yeah, it seems like the move for Werner definitely did not help him. <laughs> yes. it, I think it hurt him. Def- yeah. I Big think t- his oh, attack I mean, is not as... Anytime I mean, you lose Werner, yeah. you know, you're going to lose attack for sure, especially for that Leipzig team, which he was their main goal-scoring threat. But he needs to do a better job replacing that. Yeah. He needs to find he a way that. to bring someone in. I think when you move someone, you have to have a plan of who's going to move in after them, and they didn't really yeah. do that for him. Now we're looking, Upa Makano's moving, so yep. what's it, what's that next you know move for him to be able to bring in another center back? Center back, yep. Yeah. Yeah. This will be a, a good uh, you know little what do you want to say challenge for Nagelsmann yeah. to to really show his worth that he can replace players when they leave, and that he's not you know just relying on his players so heavily and that he can spot you know talent and bring them in and make sure they work and stuff like that so yeah yeah uh derek uh, the other thing you wanted to talk about uh liverpool moving on from firmino maybe maybe uh with jota being so good this season yeah i just you look at the front three obviously makes it difficult with Salah possibly being on a move mm. if Salah moves i don't think they should move on from firmino because mm. i think you kind of need that, at least for the rotation that Klopp likes to have in his yeah, front Yeah, Jota would just go on for Salah and then Firmino stays, kind of. Yeah, and I think, but I do think that they possibly should move on from Firmino. He's not had the best season, and probably about the se- season and a half. I mean, he really, yeah, he was never been at in, the end of last year. He yeah, and he's wasn't. not a heavy goal scorer. He's, he's more of like, moves the ball. He's a yeah. facilitator. He's a, con- so. he's a connector. He's a, he's a little bit yeah. of a flash in the pan at times in terms of his float, and then he can kind of connect things. And it stinks because it used to be we would look at him and say, oh, he could, you know, you, you used to always see the pictures of him in Real Madrid, and yeah, now yeah, it's yeah. just, yeah, it's all melting away from him, <clears> it seems. Well, I think if you're Liverpool, too, you got to look at it. Um, his age is getting up there. I think he's 28 now. He's going to be 29 yeah, 20, in the season. Uh, he's going to be looking at trying to get a new contract. I think he's under two years now, so he's going to start looking for big money uh, at a club like Liverpool. He's definitely going to be demanding close to Salah and Mane pay. I don't think he's up there with Salah and Mane. If you want to keep no. Jota around, you need to pay him. If you're looking to replace Mane or Salah, you need some money. Firmino would be worth at least probably 50 to $60 million to wherever he goes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think it'd be good for them to move on from him if they if they want to try and – you know, bring someone new in, like a Kylian Mbappe, like a Christian Pulisic, like a... Holland, even though we Holland. haven't heard anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, but still, you know, bring someone in to replace that front three somewhere. The uh, Dabala, who cares? Jao Felix. Um, but whoever they're bringing in, they're going to need the money for, uh, yep. especially with the pandemic, you know, hitting them so hard. Uh, I think Jota is a good replacement for the short term. Um, but but like you said, they, they need the rotation. You got to have rotation. Yeah. I think it's proven this season that when those legs get heavy, uh, for that front three, they haven't been the same team. Yeah. So, but hey, Liverpool move on, beat Leipzig 4 0. Good for them, good for Klopp. Uh, and I'm sure this is going to be his main focus for the rest of the season because uh, yeah. I don't think they're making top four unless uh, they really turn it around. Uh, Derek, let's move on to the next one. Barcelona tied 1 uh, 1 in the second leg versus PSG. PSG won on aggregate 5 2. But don't let that score line uh, deceive you. It was very shaky for PSG in that first half. Uh, what, what was your takeaway from watching that game? Uh, just I think the reason why they were probably shaky walking in is just the overconfidence. They're just like, mm. oh, we already, you know, they're already thinking, oh, we have this one in the bag. Let's just move on to the next. Like this game doesn't matter. And they didn't look that great. I think they went to halftime and 
Hodge probably ripped into all of them about it mm. and just saying, like, look, this is still a game that you guys need to be focused on. We still have to keep our form moving forward. Yeah, It's not like this is just, oh, we win this game and it, you know, we will just move on. It's like you got to make sure that you're keeping your form. No, definitely. And like, I look at it too. And like, I don't know if it was Pochettino's game plan or if it was the players just not doing their jobs, but you look at that uh, first half, you're like, what are they doing? They're doing exactly what Barcelona wants to do. And to be honest, it looks like what they look like when they had the big lead last time they were sitting back. They're making sure they're trying to defend for 90 minutes, basically. And it's like, what are you doing? Like you haven't Papa, you haven't Cardi, you have a Roddy. Play, play, play a normal game. Like PSG are gonna, or Barcelona is going to be open if you just play a normal game because they're going to have to throw people forward. Seriously. And they, they just changed the way they they played. And to be honest, if it wasn't for Dembele being so tragic in front of goal and Messi missing his PK, uh, I bet you in that second half, if Dembele scores one, one more, and Messi gets one, they're up three one heading into halftime. Man, PSG got some shaky boots going into that half. You know, Pochettino, he's probably like, oh, God, like this is I'm going to get fired already. Like I'm done already, man. I I literally just, you know, I just put down a lease on an apartment and I'll get kicked out of here. Like, what are you doing? Uh, I mean, it it was it was a shocking performance from PSG. They're lucky to get through. I wouldn't say they're lucky to get through, obviously, but they were lucky that it didn't turn into something more, I guess you could say. Um, now, Derek, I got to get your opinion on that messy wonder goal. What, what was oh your, my gosh! What was your your initial reaction seeing my, that thing fly? My initial reaction is, oh my god! But then my <laughs> next reaction is, it's messy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's literally messy. Going, you know what? I'm messy. I'm just yeah. gonna hit it towards goal. <laughs> yeah, screw it. I'm messy. Like, what are they gonna do? What are they gonna do? They're gonna castize me because I shoot from thirty yards after the belly's missed from six yards three times. Like, screw it. I'm going for it. I mean, who am I gonna pass this to? That's gonna score. Nobody's. No, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. You think I'm gonna trust Griezmann or Dembele? No way, man. I'm striking this. And to be honest, when I saw that going, I was like, "Oh man, PSG's getting." If if Messi turns it on, gets two or maybe three. Oh man, if he'd have had that penalty. They definitely oh. could have really. Well, had PSG I, I know for you, especially, you're, you're probably sitting there like, oh, I watched this guy, Don Clasico, tear up really good Real Madrid teams mm-hmm. just on his own. So if he could turn oh, it on, man. this is scary. And like, I don't care how old the guy gets, when he when he wants to play and dribble and go through, he can. Yeah, I mean, his pace might not be there as much anymore, but in terms of his skills on the Skill. ball and crit and control, oh, he he could have dribbled past Marquinhos a few times for a couple goals, <laughs> you know, and stuff. I mean. It, I, I was watching as a neutral. I'm like, man, PSG, please don't do this. Like, please don't do this. And luckily they didn't. Uh, to be honest, I don't think it was because PSG did anything so, great. Yeah. It was more Barcelona, or not even Barcelona, Dembele couldn't freaking put the ball on the back of the net for, for Barcelona at many points in that game. So Messi's not even going to leave anymore. He's just going to tell him, sell Dembele, we'll win. <laughs> Get Dembele out and, like, give me, like, I guess we're talking about, you know, getting Aguero. Give me Aguero and we win this game right now. <laughs> like, holy crap. Oh, man. But hey, scores around this doesn't happen. <laughs> hey, to be fair, it probably doesn't. So, but hey, go for PSG. They're on the round of eight uh, and they drew Byron. So, good luck to them. Uh, yeah, Dortmund, <laughs> Dortmund ties Sevilla 2 2 in the second leg. Uh, Dortmund ended up winning 5 4 in aggregate against Sevilla. Uh, Derek, you know the first guy we're going to talk about in this game is Erling Holland. Uh, Masterclass continues to carry Dortmund, basically. Yeah, seriously. I mean, 
I think without Holland, they're they're out of the Champions League right now. Oh, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have gotten to the round of sixteen. They wouldn't have got out the uh, group stage. <laughs> well, right I'm just now. saying right now, like let's say like you know, let's say he gets like don't want to play the belt. Let's say like that injury actually takes him out. They're mm. done. They're oh done. yeah, you mean for the set? Yeah, if if, Her- if yeah. Holland doesn't recover from his knock that he picked up against Bayern. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. it's just like oh my god, dude, like. Dortmund, figure out something to where this guy just has to score two or three goals every game. Like oh. it's really massive. We love watching. Like I, I could watch this all day. But please, <laughs> just play a little more defense. You know, <laughs> help me. <laughs> like, like, I mean, last thirty uh, minutes, I really thought like Sofia might be able to come back here because mm-hmm. he, they get a goal. Then obviously the second one came really late. But yeah. it's just. You can't be giving them chances like this. Mm-mm. And not a Sevilla team that's as scrappy as Sevilla is in terms of yeah. like, they're going to go until that whistle's blown for sure. It's not like they're going to flake out at the end. Oh, we have to score two goals in two minutes. We're done. Like, no, they're going to go for no, it for sure. They're going to go for it. Yeah. Um, and no, I mean, <laughs> Dortmund, uh, <laughs> if it wasn't for Erling Holland right now, it would be a, a complete shell of themselves from what they've been in the past. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and they've got, they've got some big upgrades to make once Holland probably leaves because yeah. you're going to lose Holland. You're going to lose Sancho. And like, they got some good players around there, but certainly not the level of what they used to be. Hey, um, you'll never lose Marco Royce. <laughs> yeah. Royce will be 45 and he'll and still, still be, look. he'll still be your number 10 or whatever. And he's still going to be playing every game for you. He'll never go to Byron ever. He won't even go to a Byron game to sit in the stands and watch a game. He'll never go. He'll so, never leave. He loves Dortmund. He'll, he'll oh, stay forever. <laughs> now, Dick, I will ask you this. Do you think with Holland this season, can they can they make a deep run, or do you think they, they uh, crumble as, as they get deeper into this competition? Um, I, I, well, we, we just saw the draw. Um, <laughs> Man City drew, next uh, leg. Man City. And I – well, the only thing that I would say is, is I think they crash and burn out, but <laughs> Man City, I think – out of all the big clubs is actually kind of a good thing because you never know. Pep might think of a crazy scheme oh, and he'll yeah. think, oh, let's do this to Holland. And Kevin De Bruyne, <laughs> right wing back, <laughs> and, and Kyle Walker, striker, and Zinchenko, yeah. you're playing goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're going to think of some crazy scheme of things to hold Holland. But just overall, I think with the attack, just focusing, and you know Pep's going to figure out some way to stop Holland. Like he's mm. he's not going to shut him out though. I think he's going to sit there and be like, "Look, he's going to score. He's going to score one. So we're going to have to score two. Uh, it'll and, definitely be a lot more itchy than Motion Gladbach was for them this week. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I just think I think Pep will probably try to figure out some way to stop Holland. But I think that's also one of the coaches you have to trust. Like mm. if they drew a Porto, I don't think Porto could figure out how to stop Holland. But since it's Pep, I have to put my trust in Pep to stop them but i yeah. don't think well you look at that back four right now i mean they had they didn't allow any goals against much gladbach they've been really good in the prem so far in terms of just keeping clean sheets you know yeah. john stones has really stepped up this year uh laporte and um ruben diaz are both very 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 good center backs kyle yeah. walker is now back and healthy and to be honest as much as coming off an injury is tough he's well rested um more than he's been in the past uh, Zinchenko's came back to his own. You have Jao Cancelo, who's really stepped it up this season. Uh, and then Mendy, you know, who can play like that left wing back role like they showed against uh, who they played this past week. Was it Fulham, I think? Yeah, Fulham. Yeah, Fulham. Because they beat le- Fulham 3-0. Yeah, he played left wing back against Fulham. So, like, it shows that Pep has some, some what do you want to say, versatility in how he can play yeah. his team. 
Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about Man City Dortmund later. Derek, yeah, the, but- the other thing I want to talk to you about is all the Spanish clubs outside of Real Madrid. And, you know, I mean, Barcelona basically got embarrassed by PSG. Sevilla loses to Dortmund in, in a tie. I think they were maybe favorites in at the start. And Atletico um, Madrid looked poor and Athletic, against Chelsea. And Atletico looked terrible against Chelsea. Um, they all fall out of the Champions League. Is this a is this a bad year for La Liga, or is this La Liga maybe showing that they're falling behind the 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 curve? Well, I think with Barcelona, they're just falling behind, especially due to I think they're heading into a rebuild situation. They're getting older; they can't keep up with the speed of things that the younger mm-hmm. players are able to bring. Um, you look at Atletico; it just I don't know. Do you see so much talent with that team, but they have no real like attack when it goes forward. They're just kind of a, they rely on the counter. Very one dimensional. Yeah. Yes. Very one dimensional, very easy to watch them and go, Oh, okay. So that's how they're going to play like every game. And they end up, it's easier to plan against them. Real Madrid, even though they're still here is like, they're even in like injuries are holding them back from being at their best. So well, I think it's the front line is Benzema or no one. Like that's and it. then yeah, and then Sevilla, great for them being Champions League, but they're def- they've always shown that they're not up to the quality always mm-hmm. in Champions League. They're really scrappy. They can get into the round of you know sixteen, but they're just once they reach up and start playing the Giants, it gets <laughs> Sevilla, tough for them. Sevilla is like send me back to Europa League. Yeah, let me get be. another one. I, I'd rather because <laughs> they're great in Europa League. Oh my yeah. god, they run the show there most yeah, yeah, years. Yeah. yeah, but like I just think overall though, it's just I don't want to say it's even a bad year because I think this is going to be coming for La Liga the next couple of years unless mm-hmm. Barcelona makes some big moves. Atletico can actually make that attack really work. Like if they keep Jao Felix, they need to be able to figure out a way to get that guy at his mm. best. Yeah. And it's just, I think overall you can call it a bad year for like Real Madrid because they just, they're injury bugs right now. But the other two, I, I just think this is not their year. Barcelona, I don't think the next two, three years are their year really, even though they mm. have Messi. It's just, they don't really have the quality around Messi right now to keep bringing in like quarterfinal semifinal Barcelona teams. No, yeah. I don't think La Liga's fallen behind the curve. I think it's just been a bad year. Like you said, it's just a, it's a bad year for Barcelona right now. Like you said, they're probably going to enter a transition and rebuild stage year for the next couple seasons. Uh, Atletico got to find a way, like you said, to find Joe Felix and get him going. He's still young. I mean, people are like, oh, Joe Felix is this big, expensive player. He's like 22, 21. Yeah. Like, he's still he's only, very, he's only like 21 because he yeah, moved he's when he was very 19. young. He's very young. So they still have time with him. Uh, Simeone is going to get them into the round of 16 every year with the way they play. The big thing is in these knockout stages, like you said, can they make that attack more, you know, more lethal, more versatile? Um, so, yeah, and then Real Madrid, I think they're going to be in a spot where Barcelona is in a couple seasons once Modric and, uh, Casemiro, Cruz and, Cruz. and Casemiro and Ramos and Benzema is a new changing of a guard, and you got to find you know some replacements. Like, Varane's yeah. great, but I don't think he's Ramos. You yeah, know? especially with Ramos because he's just such a strong leader of that team. Yeah, really... and, like, you know, you look at, you look at like, Cruz and Modric, like, yeah, you have Valverde, you know, but you probably need one more. Yeah, and, you need yeah. that third piece. Yeah, and, you know, Casemiro's got a couple more good years, but he has a lot of miles on his legs. Yeah. Uh, and then Benzema, uh, you know, you're going to have to find a replacement for him. Jovic didn't work out. You don't have anyone right now lined up that's going to come in and, and totally replace him as the center forward. So they're going to have to spend some money, uh, and hopefully they just 
do it better than uh, Barcelona, Barcelona did when they went out and got Griezmann and Dembele. Because right now they already they're already behind the eight ball with how much they spent on Hazard. And so rough they, white. <laughs> that moved by Barcelona. <laughs> but you know, I think uh no, I think La Liga will recover. Um you oh, look yeah. back, you look at the last 10 years. I mean, Barcelona, if it wasn't Barcelona final, it was Real Madrid. If it wasn't Real Madrid, Atletico was deep, or it'll be Real Madrid versus Atletico. Uh so no, I definitely think uh it's just a bad year for La Liga and they'll, they'll recover. Um yeah. and, and they'll get back to where they were. So yeah, and like you said, the money spent by Real Madrid and Barcelona in recent years has not been working out for them. Mm-hmm. The money at Manchester City and PSG has been working out a lot better. Yep. So they're, that's why they have the better teams. And Bayern. Even, and Bayern, Bayern yep. uses this little amount of money and creates this big team. Because when you look at it, they do like free transfers. Yep. You know, they buy this little like five mil player and they're like, who's that? And yeah, Alfonso Davies from, you know, the yeah. White Caps, and then becomes one of the best left backs in the world. Yeah, exactly. So just everyone else right now seems like their money's working for them. And Real Madrid and Barcelona are struggling at that. Yep. Well, let's move on to another team that's having a terrible season. Juventus. <laughs> Juventus beat Porto three to two. So this is the this is the best line ever. Juventus won the second leg, tied on aggregate, but lost. <laughs> they lost on away goals. Uh, so Juve won the second leg three two. They tied on aggregate four four, but lost on away goals. Uh, Porto moved through. Uh, Juventus basically just fought right at the end and can't yeah. finish it out oh my god uh, and choke they it. just yeah they choked it in the second leg i think because they were winning and then a late goal came in mm-hmm. from porto and just sent them out the door <laughs> yep and uh derek first thing first question i gotta ask because this guy is uh you know being connected all over the place with returns to real madrid or return to, to manchester, manchester united, united or mls or whatever uh, should, he's too good for MLS. I'm sorry. Uh, he shouldn't leave right now for sure for MLS. No, 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 no. But I've, you know, you see the, you see the guys putting them in like an Inter Milan or an Inter uh, Miami jersey, Miami, or you put them in like a LAFC jersey and stuff. But should yeah. CR7, should Cristiano Ronaldo leave this summer? Um, it matters what I think it matters what he wants. If he really, really wants to bring a Juventus like back a Champions League, then I obviously he's going to stay mm-hmm. another season. And with the words he's used and the promises he's like made to Juventus, I believe he's going to stay another season. So I don't think he'll leave this summer. I think we'll ha- hear a lot of the links and a lot of, you know, talk, but I think next summer's when he'll end up making his move. If they don't win a champions league, I think it'll be a late decision from Cristiano, which is kind of tough because of how much he's worth and how many, how little of teams are actually going to be able to buy the guy. Yeah. But I think it'll be late in terms of he wants to see what's going to happen to this roster, who they're going to bring in, who they're going to let go, and potentially who this next manager is going to be. You know, are yeah, they going to bring in a guy true. that he wants to 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 play for, or are they going to bring in you know another old legend like Pirlo that has no coaching experience and no Champions League experience? Yeah. And we all know that's all Cristiano Ronaldo's playing for. Champions yeah. leagues. Champions I mean, leagues. he doesn't care about leagues anymore. He. Wants I mean, Champions I wouldn't say he doesn't League. care about leagues, but he knows that Juventus brought him in for one reason and one reason only, and it's to yeah. win the Champions League. They are uh, one because that's what they're missing. Before him. Yeah. yeah, and I I told you this year, and it's kind of the same thing for PSG. They could lose the Italian league, and PSG could lose the French league. But if they won the Champions League, it's the best year they've had in ten years because yeah. they won the Champions League finally. Um, I think it'll be late for him if he does decide to leave. I don't think he'll leave. I think next season's a definite leave if they don't make it deeper in the Champions League. But I think he'll get one more season. I think he knows that if he leaves now, it makes it look like he's running away 
from yeah. a problem and it, it kind of puts a, a blemish on his resume. Uh, so I think he'll stay um, for one more season and see if they can work things out. So uh, Derek, I'll, I'll ask you this too. Who's the most to blame for the Juventus, you know, crash out of the champions league. Uh, just the, I want to say it's the coaching and just the overall way the team has went this season. Mm-hmm. You have Benson Kerr, <laughs> we've brought up many times, passing the ball to the other team <laughs> in front of goal. <laughs> you just don't have the quality of talent that you need to make a deep run into the Champions League. And then the way that they manage the talent with Pirlo, it just makes it look all scattered about. It doesn't look organized. You don't really have a, you know, there's no way you can watch a game of Juventus and know what they're trying to do. Mm. It just looks like they're just playing. Okay. And then... I would also say the uh, like front office of Juventus as well, like the owners and stuff are also to blame because they're not bringing in the right talent. When Weston McKinney, McKinney is your best center midfielder, that's not what you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though I love the guy, he's not supposed to be your golden boy best talent. Yeah. Especially at a club like Juventus. No, I agree. I have to agree with you. Uh, I think it's 50% on the front office. Because it, and I can't even put Pirlo in that because yeah. Pirlo was hired by them, and I think that was as soon as it I'm happened. I, as soon as it happened, I was like, "This is bad. This is not." Yeah. I don't care if they're trying to rebrand and play a different style, and they don't want the old Italian way of defending and being direct on attack. Um, I don't care if you want to try and change that, but Pirlo with no coaching experience is not the guy to do that with, especially mm-hmm. when you're trying to win a Champions League. Get Cristiano Ronaldo on your roster you know how much you're paying them and you know what you're paying them for yeah um i would say it's 50 percent the front office i'm not gonna give the players a pass it's probably 20 to 30 percent on the players oh yeah definitely definitely um that's why because, i said the talent isn't good yeah, enough oh it's not even the talent i mean the talent was there to beat porto you should oh, beat yeah. porto now yeah should they have lost if they played man city sure should they have lost if they played Bayern munich sure any other team is it a toss-up most likely but porto they should have beat it was probably yeah. 80 to 90%. Everyone was saying Juventus has that in the bag, without a doubt. And they should have beaten with the talent they had on their team. You have Alvaro Morata. You have Dybala. You have Cordrado in that second leg. You have Weston McKinney, who's shown to be a solid center midfielder. You have all these center mids you bought with Ramsey, Bentancourt, Rabiot. You you have all these guys that you, you know, Don't brought in. Arthur? Be- Arthur as well that they gave away, or they gave away Pajanish to get him. Um, you have Danilo, who you brought in for Jao Cancelo, who now Jao Cancelo looks like one of the best outside backs in the world. Mm-hmm. But you chose you wanted Danilo on the sorry. Um, you know, Delic, you brought in. Uh, and then you have Alexandra, left back, who's, you know, arguably a very good center back in, or a left back in the left world. Mm-hmm. And they they couldn't be solid goalkeeper as well in Chesney. I mean, I'm not saying Chesney's a world beater, but he's but better he's than solid. most. He's better yeah. than most. He's played and in top clubs. He's Porto, played at Arsenal. Porto didn't have a player on that field that was even on Juventus's radar in terms of who they want to bring in. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe outside of, I mean, Corona probably is a guy that people look oh, at yeah. at times. He's solid. He can play up and down that right side wherever you want him. He's a bit like Cordrado a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it, I, I blame the players as well. Don't, don't give them a pass here. They knew that they should be Porto. They, they're, yeah. They are they much did, better. I will say they put in a poor performance, but I will mm. also I, I give them a small pass because I don't feel like they have guidance. 
They yeah, don't have... but they're professionals, man. I mean, come on. If, if Pirlo says you're playing a 3-4-3, you should know how to play a 3-4-3. And regardless, you can get yourself organized on the field. You have leaders. You have the Chiellinis, the Bonucci's. The Lick was a leader at Ajax. You have CR7. You have Murata, who's been in the Champions League all of his years that he's played. These guys should have done better. Simple as that. They should have done better, and they didn't. And it's really, really embarrassing for that entire club, for those, for that fan base, to not be able to beat Porto over two legs. Simple as that. Yep. Um, so I would say it's you know fifty percent on the front office for not getting a good enough talent, uh, but also on the talent because they should have beat Porto. And then I would mm. say, like you said, there's not enough leadership from the sideline with Pirlo. They didn't look organized. They didn't look like they had a plan going forward. The defense was all over the place. So I would say it's 20 to 30 percent on Pirlo. But again, I can't blame Pirlo because he shouldn't be coaching right now at that level. <laughs> Very true. He should Very be true. at like Verona. He should be, you know, at the under 21s like they hired him for and let him get some you know, experience. Zidane yeah. didn't go straight into coaching Real Madrid. Zidane yeah, had, was with, with La Castilla and doing all that stuff under. And then he got moved up. That's what should have happened with Pirlo. And the same thing that should have happened with Frank. He should have been at a couple more years at Derby. So, yeah. No, it's 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 yeah. everybody. It's everybody. What I will say this, though, it's not just Cristiano Ronaldo. But everyone's trying oh, no. to say, oh, Cristiano Ronaldo, he's a flop. He didn't do his job, blah, blah, blah. You got to get him the ball in good places. We didn't blame Messi. And you can't, we and didn't you can't blame let the Messi. other team score. We didn't blame Messi when they got absolutely crapped on by PSG because we knew that Barcelona's uh, talent wasn't good enough. Yeah, we you didn't know, blame like, him for the eight to two against Bayern either. I mean, you could blame him a little bit for his effort at times, but it wasn't his fault that they allowed eight goals. I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's not it's like, not just Cristiano Ronaldo didn't have a you know, he didn't do a good enough job. Like, I mean, on. you have to stop the other team from scoring, correct? That's part of the game. It's not just scoring. Don't get scored know. on in the first two minutes of each half in the first leg, and maybe you can win a game. Yeah. So maybe you don't that. get put on your heels in the first leg. Now, again, Derek, we're doing the same thing that the media did, which is only care about Juventus. Okay. Porto <laughs> won the game. Porto coach goes to the press conference. Zero media in the room. That Not is, even a Portuguese media. That's that the is embarrassing. Big that is embarrassing. It is outright in terms. It's not acceptable. I feel bad for that guy. But at the same part, he was probably happy. He was like, cool. I get to go home quicker now. I don't got to talk to any BS. And you know, all the questions would have been about, Oh, did you think you could beat Juventus? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, what do you think about Cristiano Ronaldo? And what do you think about Andrea Pirlo? He wants to talk about his team. They just did a really yeah. good job winning. And I'm sure he'll get those questions eventually, especially at the next, you know, next stage. But uh, if anyone no, shows up for the freaking press conference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think now everyone's going, well, we got to make sure we go to a Porto press conference. It's like, you know what that happened. It's like everyone looked at each other and was like, all right, so yeah, someone else will cover that. And then they all walked <laughs> away, and then everyone's like, oh, wait, no one covered him? <laughs> oh, man, I feel bad for that guy. But hey, go for Porto. They deserved it. They battled. Pepe at the back was an absolute warrior. Uh, probably saved two or three goals in that game on his own. Uh, yeah. And that goalkeeper for Porto did very well as well. So yeah. go, for, hey, go for Porto. They deserve it. They got Chelsea next round, and uh, we'll talk about that one a little bit later. But let's stay on the round of 16 track. We've got Real Madrid beating Atalanta 3-1 in the second leg, winning 4-1 on aggregate. Uh, Derek, Real Madrid comfortably slide past Atalanta. Is Real Madrid making another deep run this year after the last couple of years have been kind of poor? Yeah, I mean, it's like we talked about earlier with Liverpool. They have Liverpool next, and I think that's a great – I think that's perfect for them. 
I think the only other ones that you would want is like a, maybe a, well, not maybe you definitely would rather have a Porto, but like, <laughs> I think for them, that's perfect. Out of what's left of the talent that's left. I definitely don't want to play Chelsea at the moment with the way they're playing. And then you look around, it's like Liverpool, just like you has a lot of injuries. And then you look at, and obviously everyone wants Porto next because it's like, Sorry, Porto, you're probably the worst of the worst. Yeah, and everyone thinks they got, you know, lucky. And no one wants to play against, like, a Dortmund right now because Erling Holland is just mm-hmm. tearing up everybody. So I, I think they got the best one other than Porto. So, I, yeah, I think they can make another deep run. They'll de- I think they'll make it in the next round myself. They'll definitely yeah. be in the semi. I think they can make a deep run if everyone stays healthy. If you have yeah. Benzema and you have Cruz and you have Modric and you have Sergio Ramos, I think they should beat Liverpool. If you don't have Sergio Ramos, 50% of that goes out the window. If you lose Casemiro or you lose Benzema, the other 20 to 30% go out the window and you're looking at a 10% chance to beat those guys because you're missing so many leaders. Yeah. Um, I don't care if Hazard, Vinicius, and Rodrigo are all up front. No Benzema, no party. They're not scoring any goals. Um. And you know what? That's the next thing I want to talk about, Derek. Benzema, how good is he? Is he top five, top three, top ten? Who, who, how highly do you rate Benzema after his last couple seasons without CR7 up there? Oh, I, I don't think we gave him enough credit when he had Ronaldo at this point. I mean, mm. he's been very impressive since he has left. I mean, he's been carrying that front three the past two seasons. Definitely. I think it's the top five. Definitely. I mean – if you look at what's in the top five, you got to put Mbappe, right? Yeah, Mbappe, Lewandowski. You got to put Holland, Lewandowski. Harry Kane, and then it's probably Kane. between Benzema, Lukaku. Maybe if you want to throw Chiro Mobley in there. Um, Can't look past Suarez still. Suarez, Suarez has done proven. well, but I don't think Suarez is – is top five material top five right now because he gets you know he gets a couple rest games here and there and he That's plays in true. a he plays in a team where he is the only attacking option yeah uh, Ben's yeah, is a think, little bit like that but yeah but yeah i think overall i think though he's definitely a top five right now with the way he's performed over the past two seasons i think he's shown people like hey it wasn't all ronaldo i was <laughs> i was here too you know like <laughs> But I will say, like, I think we also looked over him, though, because he never really scored the big goals. Like, mm. you look at the Juventus, you know, CR7 bicycle kick is what immediately comes to mind when you hear yeah. that. Liverpool, Bale's bicycle kick. Like, he just doesn't have those moments that you instantly think, oh, my God. I mean, mm. in the Liverpool game, he scored because Gary gave him the ball. Yeah, <laughs> so, Gary said, here, kick it in the goal. <laughs> but that also comes because he was on his toes. He ran towards it because he noticed that Karius wasn't really paying attention to him. So I just, you know, I don't think Benzema really got the respect he deserved when it was, you know, the Bale, Cristiano Ronaldo and Benzema. Let me it was just... always, it was always look at Bale and Cristiano and then, <sighs> oh yeah, Benzema's here too. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, let me just tell a story here. So like every time I, every year the new FIFA comes out, I play Real Madrid career mode and <laughs> I take Real Madrid and every year before last year, I go, why is, why do they keep Benzema? He's worth like 90 million. You can sell him and go get Lewandowski. You can sell him and go get, you know, there's times like go get Neymar and you can put Ronaldo at the nine and blah, 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 blah. And every year I get rid of Benz, get rid of Benz, get rid of Benz, get rid of Benz. And now I, I am so sorry, Benzema. All right. I apologize. <laughs> you have saved this club from being complete mediocrity up front. And 
I appreciate everything you've done for us over the last, I think he's played for us for like 12 years now. You're, so, you're sitting there like, please don't leave. <laughs> we, I, we, I apologize. I can't believe that we did not believe in you earlier. Or the, I mean, the club believed in him and Zidane believed in him and people always made fun of Zidane believing in him. But no, I Benzema is a top five striker in the world and he deserves his respect. Um, on his day, he's as good as anybody. He you know, can link play up. He gets sideline to sideline and can do it. He can drop as a false nine. He can run in behind. He can win aerial duels. He can play with his feet. So shout out to around striker. Shout out to Benzema, man. That guy has been underrated his whole career and people have hated on him a lot when, like we said, Ronaldo and Bale were there and he has completely proved his worth the last two seasons for sure. All this hate reminds me of uh, the Adidas commercial back when they dropped the F50 when they like rebranded <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> people who hate and they have like the commentaries like people hate me and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Keep on hating. <laughs> uh, you got and then the other thing that I want to talk about, Derek, is Modric and Cruz, um, both over the age of 30. I think uh, Modric's in 34, 35 now. Cruz is, I think, 31, 32. A lot of miles on both legs. A lot of miles on both legs. A lot of Champions League runs. Um, you know, I got to ask you, are they the best center mid duo in the world right now? And if they're not, who are they behind? I, I was about to say, it's hard to name a duo better than them. Because, like, there's better midfields. Like, you look at Man City, it's like, oh, Man City has the best midfield in the world because mm-hmm. of just the amount of talent they have. But they don't really have a duo. They don't have just two players that just run that, you know, show yeah. for them. They, they It's very – oh, the we only can change argument, out everyone. Yeah. The only argument you can maybe make is like Gundo De Bruyne for them. It would be like the one – Yeah, that's make. that's a really good one. But that's going forward. Are they really great in the defensive areas? Which yeah. I, there's not that's not really their job, but still, I think mm-hmm. Cruz and Modric have a lot more in the defensive areas than they do. So it's just I personally though, it's very hard to name a better duo right now. They're they run it. No, I of course I have my Real Madrid bias, but we're not gonna talk about that. But I think they are for sure. They're definitely the duo to beat um, as a center midfield. I mean, they've won four Champions Leagues together. Uh, both, you know, I mean, Modric started out pretty slow at Real Madrid and really yeah. turned it on those last six, seven seasons. But like his first two seasons, people were saying he was the worst signing Real Madrid's made and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he was si- wasn't he signed at the same time they signed Bale? Then they both uh, come from sport. Per- I think Spurs he was together? the year. I think he was the year before Bale. I yeah. think. I think Modric came in at the time, like the year after Kaká came in or something. Like that. I can't uh, remember exactly. Yeah. But I just remember back in like FIFA ten, Carl <laughs> Carl looked at my team when I went to one of our little you know playing against each other. He looked at my Real Madrid team. He's like, "Why are you playing Modric? That guy has no." <laughs> you were like, "He has no swag. He has no identity." And now we hear Carl talk about like, "Oh, Modric, one of the best center midfielders in the world." In obviously, the world. <laughs> um, I mean, the only argument I can make right now is Man City, like I just said, Gadongin and in uh, Kevin De Bruyne. And like you said, I don't know if De Bruyne has the same defensive uh, identity to do as. Cruz and Modric in terms of getting box to box. De Bruyne yeah. does well pressing, um, mm-hmm. and that's in Man City style. Uh, if I think of anyone else right now in terms of a better center mid duo, I can't. Maybe Bayern with Goretzka and Kimmich. That's a really good one. It's yeah. a really good one. Both get I th- forward, both get back. Yes. Type of thing. I think the the 
good thing for those two is that they're both younger, so they can run a little bit more, yeah. and they're a little bit pacier, both of them, and they're a little bit stronger right now. But I don't think they're as much of leaders on the field. Like, they don't really guide as much Kim- as Kimmich is definitely a leader, but you're right, I think, with Goretzka. I think Goretzka is a bit more like, I'm going to play my role, and I'm going to do it really, yeah. really, really well. Um, and I think we always underrate Bayern Munich's people anyways like if you play at Bayern Munich people kind of just forget about you like no one really t- <laughs> like they have one of the best front threes you can have they have San yeah Sané they have Gnabry and they have Lewandowski and, hey, if you don't, put that don't forget at, like Coman and Muller as yeah well. but like they come in as like the replacements more so for that front three and it's just like you sit there and it's like no one ever talks about them but they're just killing it but no one ever talks to him because they play in the Bundesliga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just I run would, the Bundesliga. <laughs> I would say right now it's probably one has to be Cruz Modric. Two, uh, I would go right now in terms of informness. Gundogan right now is probably one of the best sentiments in the world, yeah. if not the best. And then to Brian on his day, no one's really better than. So I would say they're two. And then I would say Kimmich and Goretzka is three, but it's probably like a 2A, 2B. Um mm-hmm. And I would say Cruz and Modric still stay at number one. And you have to look at who Cruz and Modric are feeding. They're mm-hmm. only feeding Benzema. They don't have really great wing players. Well, yeah, like Gretzka and Kimmich, they're playing in Sané and they're playing in Gnabry and they're running against Matt Hummels. Like, come on. Like, they're going <laughs> to score goals. Like Matt Hummels. I'm not joking. I think Matt Hummels. I remember that would have been such a disrespectful statement. Like, Hummels it's like, is, well, Hummels uh, is amazing. And now it's just like, he's running at Hummels. Hummels is the modern day murder sacker at this point. Like, let's be honest. Just not as tall. <laughs> he's only two inches shorter. I mean, he's not even that much shorter. No, but, but I'm just saying like, because everyone always, you know, murder sacker is like the, you know, skyscraper, oh, you know. He's huge. Yeah. Uh, well, let's move on <laughs> to the next one. And talking about Manchester City's midfield duo, uh, let's talk about Man City. They beat Motion Gladbach 2-0 in the second leg, winning 4-0 on aggregate. Two shutouts for that team. Derek, is that defense the best in the world right now? You can't name anyone better. <laughs> name me one team that has a better back line right now. <laughs> I mean, and I don't even – like the thing is, too, like you think of back lines, you're like who defends really, really well. Like Real Madrid has a decent back line. Atletico um, Madrid is Bayern more of the Munich. coaching style. Yes. Bayern Munich have a good back line uh, with Alaba. And, you know, you have a lot of depth with Pavard. But even that back line can sometimes fall asleep. We watched them against mm-hmm. that Lazio team in that first leg. They let that one goal go by them. And it was like, who's making a tackle? Yep. <laughs> I, I would have to say they're the best in the world team. right now. And I'd also say this, too. They probably lead themselves the most open and have the most to do. In terms of yeah. on the ball, they have the most to do. And then when they're in possession, they have so much space to worry about behind them. Because they um, get so high up the pitch. Exactly. And they're so possessive. So and their midfields really, I mean, they have those outside backs tuck in to try and protect the midfield as much as they can. But there's a lot of space that they leave out there. Yeah. Um, and, and you have and two outside backs that go up the field, too. They push their outside backs high and leave, you know, two center backs and mm-hmm. that's the way they defend and they, the fact that they hold you know teams to a shutout in the champions league just shows us how well they do that i mean hey real madrid couldn't hold mulch and Gladbach to shutouts all the time i'll just exactly. say that so i think it's the best in the world right now and i think it's also one of the it's got to be the deepest and next to Bayern oh, right yeah. now oh my god you know, kyle walker jao Cancelo, zinchenko's not the best but he's doing well this season mendy yeah those three center backs Fernandinho can slide in there at center back sometimes when you need him to. 
Rodri's in front of him, which I always count the the six as kind of a part of that back line. And they still so. have that. They still have the young kid, uh, Eric Garcia, that can slide in there. Well, he's and going like, to Barcelona at the end of the year. Oh, and not to forget, they got Aki. They have Nathan Aki, <laughs> who's like, you know, a Netherlands international who like doesn't play at all and was like the best center back for Bournemouth last Bournemouth. year and was the only reason Bournemouth almost didn't get relegated. Oh, my and God. He's just sitting there collecting a paycheck. <laughs> You know, doing his hair every day. You know, you like, forgot about him, man. <laughs> like that guy, that guy could be starting right now at Chelsea. Like he could be. They could play over... him at left back. He's left footed. I know, <laughs> but they like, really could... want to play that defensive. He could be getting in at Chelsea over Rudiger and Zuma. At, oh at some yeah. Times. yeah. You know, Christensen. He's probably better than. And right now, he can't even get a sniff at getting in the starting. <laughs> we lineup. completely forgot about him, man. That's crazy. And it's not like he was that... cheap. He was like a what, a thirty million or twenty five million? I think it was twenty. Yeah, was 25. He, he, he wasn't cheap, you know. Like he went free, you know. <laughs> Just ridiculous, man. Oh man, that back line's crazy. But let's let's also say this, Derek. Are Man City the favorites over Bayern in your head? Or are you are you, are you still back in the the champs? I would say they're favorites over Bayern due to this the amount of. Like they're just able to run their league and run Champions League at the same time. They have two lineups. They have a lineup that can beat Premier League. That's not even their top team. Mm. And then they have a lineup that can beat the Champions League because it's their best team. Mm. And it's just, it's ridiculous. I feel like they're probably the easiest to rest as well. So is this their year? It mm. might be, but I, I like Pep a lot. <laughs> like me and you have already said this though. He can't get a little bit in his own way. Mm-hmm. like just keep playing the way you're playing and keep going like stop trying to make this crazy move like you said earlier Kevin Deporto right back like <laughs> stop doing that just play like you should like, and you'll progress I forget what it was but against like Real Madrid he put like Gabriel Jesus at like a left mid position he put Foden at the like the nine and then there was something else he did against like RB Leipzig like he played Oh, I can't remember what it was in like for they got knocked out last year by uh by Leipzig, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I, so they like got, yeah, just and he he constantly just like makes a, a like a guy's in and I'm like like this guy shouldn't be in the game right now. It's like why is he playing like we just referenced it, like De Bruyne, like he's gonna play him at right mid. And like why don't you just put him in the middle like you've done the whole season? Why don't you just yeah. play your best three in midfield and like just like, play he same. might put like Bernardo Silva, you know, at center midfield. And like Bernardo's not like he, bad, but yeah, I feel like he's trying to surprise the other team. Like he's like, I don't want them <laughs> to be able to plan for my team. So Kevin DeBruyne, you're right back. It's like, why? <laughs> they're gonna try and man mark you when we're building out. So they're gonna drag their center mid all the way over. It's like, uh, Pep, let's just let DeBruyne do DeBruyne, and let's just you know, out just allow DeBruyne to move and make himself open because that's what he does really well already. Yeah. I, it's got to be there. If it's not, um, if it's not, it's definitely Bayern's year again. I don't see. I think I don't see another team really because I think PSG is just too shaky, too young. Don't really mm-hmm. have the leadership in the roster role to be able to, you know. Push You're saying them Bayern forward. don't? No, no, no. I'm saying PSG don't. They don't oh, have. Yeah, they don't yeah. have like a. I don't want to call him an old head, but they don't have like an older. They don't have a Ramos. They don't. They don't have someone that's been. They there lost before. Thiago Silva. Yeah. Yeah, and he was there last year, so he was kind of that like you know drive for them. And this mm-hmm. year, they just don't have it. We saw the way they performed against uh, Barcelona in the first half, and if that, yeah. that keep well, like, I don't think that'll keep up. But I don't see them being able to get by teams like Bayern, Man City. So. Mm. 
but yeah, it's definitely top two Man City, Bayern. Easy. Well, we'll move on from Man City's yeah. absolute masterclass against Mulch and Gladbach, and we'll move on to probably the opposite for Simeone's Atletico Madrid. Totally oh my gosh, outplayed yeah. and really just looked poor in both legs against Chelsea, losing 3-0 on aggregate, 2-0 in the second tie. Uh, Derek, I'll, I'll just ask you really quickly, and I'll let you kind of take it. What was your opinion on Atletico in that second leg? I expected them to be, you know, come in and be more attacking because that was the problem in that first leg. Like, you would think they'd go in, fix the problem, and start going forward more. Start maybe making Don't more. Don't play a back six. Yeah, you know, make a more attacking formation. Play, like, I get it. He, Simeone, he wants to keep the way he plays. He's like, we're not going to change anything. We're going to play the way we play, and they're going to open up somehow. It's like, you can't go into the second leg and play the same way you did in the first leg. You have to, especially when you're down, you have to find a way to get the ball forward and play a different style. Because obviously that style did not work in the first leg against Chelsea. So how's it going to work in the second leg? How are we going to play its back six and still get two goals to win? Like, it's just not going to happen for you. No, I agree with you. Uh, and the, the, the crappy thing is, is like this Atletico team has talent. Like yeah, got, they do. I mean, I'm not saying Koke is the best centerman in the world, but Koke is a very good centerman. Saul's a very good centerman. Yeah. Carrasco is a very talented winger. Um, mm-hmm. You've got Chao Felix. You have Luis Suarez going forward. Um, you know, you had you brought in Lorente and really turned him into a player that I never saw at Real Madrid. Yeah, and um, they have Lamar as well, which yeah. I know you we're both not big fans of him, but he's still a class. He's class. Well, and you, know, he, he you should bring be in, on that team. He, they brought in Dembele in the winter from Lyon. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Trippier who can get up and down the right side. Lodi who can get up and down the left. And it just like I watched that whole that whole game, and I'm like, does Atletico know that they're behind? Do Seriously. they know? Do they know that they have to score a goal today for this thing to even you know? <laughs> Like you're not up one nil, you're down one nil, Simeone. Yeah. And I respect Simeone because he's built that club and he's still a manager of, of any if I have a club and I have to pick someone and like I have three guys that aren't available because I think he was my fourth. Um, I'd I'd take him every day of the week, but right now he needs to he, he needs, needs to get out of the way of this talented yes. team. Yeah. He needs to readjust. He's actually built this team really, really, really well. Yeah. And now he can actually go and play against these teams. And he's he still playing so defensive. Yeah, he's still playing as if like a couple, like few years back when they weren't so good. Back when Cortel was there and they didn't have a great team. Yeah, back back when it was Luis Suarez or not Luis Suarez, it was Diego Costa, and that was it. Yeah. And it's like he's still playing as if it's that team. It's like no, no, you have talent. You have Suarez. You have Jao Felix. You have Carrasco. Like you have the players to go forward now. You don't need to play a six back because you have a good defense. Mm-hmm. Just he can play the same like scheme. Like all right, our midfield is going to come back hard. They're going to defend hard, but you can't drop into a back six and then rely on that counter. You can't yeah. just sit back with back six. You have to be able to go forward, and you have the talent to just let it let it play. They, they were very one dimensional on attack and very uncreative and very direct, which I don't mind direct play. But you, Chelsea knew every You're time. You're playing direct. Well, well, they knew exactly where the ball was going every time. Rarely did they look like they were open, um, yeah. in that game, and it was pretty comfortable for them outside of the couple that maybe could have been penalties, um, but. Talking about 
refereeing decisions. Okay. Savic gets a red card there near the end of the game, uh, basically closing out the tie when they go down to 10 mid, 10 men. Um, yeah. Derek, was that an actual red card for Savic or was that an overreaction? I, I think in the, it's a tough one to say because I think it's deliberate. I think it's a deliberate, it's like they would call it an attack on another player. I think Rudiger sells it a little bit because he does, you know, like everyone's saying, oh, we'd like graze him in the chest. It's like, yeah, he hit him. And Rudiger just felt it and said, all right, I'm going to sell this and get him red because I'm standing in the middle of the box and the rest right here. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like the decision of Savage to elbow him with a clear like line of sight from the ref and with how deliberate it looks it doesn't look like he it's not one of those like it happens every corner kick where you know everyone's elbowing trying to get free and Mm -hmm. you're trying to slow down players it looked like he really was trying to like he fell in behind him so he's like screw i'm taking him out and just hit him so it's just i think personally with the way it went the ref didn't really overreact because he saw it direct now if he has saw seen it from like a different angle like let's say he sees it over here Rudiger just falls over and he goes and he runs over, gets straight red. It's like, ah, give him a yellow because you don't know how it happened. Mm-hmm. But with the way the ref sees it, it's a red. Well, then, like, I think Rudiger knows when he sells that that it's going to go to VAR and they're going to see that he gets elbowed in the chest. Yeah. So and it's going to look deliberate. Even, even if it's a yellow, they can go back and change that to a red. And yeah. I think Rudiger knows that. I think players are going to start doing that now, knowing <laughs> he, if that he happens. He did it to him. Son when Son yep. hit him and he just. He was like, all right, I'm going to make this look yeah. like he killed me. <laughs> he, he made it look like John Jones upkicked him from the ground. I mean, <laughs> what it looked like. And no, I think it's overreaction in terms of it shouldn't have been a red. I think I think Rudiger sells it. I understand why it's a red in terms of yeah. the writing of the law and everything like that. Um, but if you're telling me that that's a red card, then Nigel DeHong in the 2010 World Cup when he <laughs> drop kicks Chabi Alonso. We all know that was a red. And that, that, that was a red roughing too. mistake. So yeah. so that's what I'm saying. So like I've seen stuff harder than that, not given red cards. So I say it's no reaction, but I understand why it's a red card. Well, this past week we also watched um the Rangers striker take out the goalie when yeah, the ball came yesterday in, in the Europa with, League. Yeah. yeah. We'll yeah, talk about so, Europa League. I got plenty to talk about with uh, Mr. Oh, yeah, Jose definitely. Marino. I just want to bring that up as another oh, decision yeah. made where it was a red. And it's like, it's not deliberate, but he, he hits him. He, <laughs> he, he hits him right in the face. face. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, what's Kung Fu fighting? Like, it's just, oh, oh Sparta. <laughs> this is Sparta type of thing. <laughs> but it's worse because he kicked him in the face. In the, the face with cleats. <laughs> Um, Derek, let's also talk about let's keep talking about this Atletico team because yeah. we, we talk about Chelsea enough at times. What has happened to Jal Felix? And my last question as well that kind of attaches to this is Diego Simeone getting in the way of his talented team. I think what has happened to Jal though is just I Atletico's not the right wasn't the right move. It wasn't the right move. I would say if he had said yes to like a loan deal to go there, that would have made more sense because he wanted to get his name bigger. He wanted to move to a bigger club. And if he loans there and goes there for a year and then moves on, like goes back to Benfica and then gets sold, that would make sense to make the move to Atletico. I don't blame him for making that sale to Atletico because he's like, oh, I'm getting paid more. I'm moving to probably one of the transfer fee as well. Yes, exactly. And it's just, it's just not the right team. It's not the right playing style for him. He needs to go and play for like a Pep. He needs to go play for 
a not a Bayern because Bayern already have enough, you know, talent. But <laughs> play for just, Zidane, play over there, play on the other side of Madrid. Yeah, just anywhere, anywhere else where it's attacking. Like he just he doesn't fit what he, the ball. He plays what like a cam right. Gets yeah, ball like his feet ten. and create. Yeah, yeah. He plays like a gets second striker. Ball, yeah, gets the ball at his feet and makes play happen. He's more of a facilitator. Can score goals when he wants to, but also facilitates very well. And that's not what Diego Simeone plays. It it's kind of like you know we both played at high school where it was kick it, kick it, kick it. You know, just mm-hmm. kick it over the top. And it makes it to where you don't need that cam because he's not able to get the ball to his feet. The ball's continuously going over his head, playing someone else in before he even gets to him. So I just, that's what's happened. He just doesn't get the ball at his feet. He can't really do what he wants. He gets played out of position. He gets played at a left mid, right mid. Sometimes he gets in the center, but like he's not really big enough for the style of play they make. So it's just, it doesn't help him at all. I think Diego Simeone's way of playing is in his way. Yeah, I mean, Joe Felix should be in the same realm of conversation, in my opinion, as Mbappe and Holland. And yeah, right he's now, up and coming. Talent. And right now, he's fallen behind Jaden Sancho. He's fallen mm-hmm. behind Rashford. He's fallen behind. He's an afterthought at the moment. Yeah, to be honest, he is. He's he's not where he where I think he could have been at this point in his career. Now, granted, he's still very young. Like we talked about. Yeah. He's um, not done yet. I think he has plenty of potential. He can make another move and be amazing. It's just mm-hmm. I don't think this is the team for him. That and like like you said, Diego Simeone's playing style just doesn't fit him very well. Um, unless Luis Suarez is going to knock it down to his feet, <laughs> they don't feed the ten that much. Oh. Um, they play over or they play direct into the striker. So I definitely think I agree with you. It's probably not the best move for his career right now. He probably does need to find a way to get out of there. I think a lot of people would agree with that. Um, is Diego Simeone getting in the way of his talented team? I would say yes, but at the same point, Diego Simeone has created that team and created that club. That whole yeah. stadium, that stadium should be named after Diego Simeone because he's literally built that club to where it's at. They mm-hmm. were afterthought before he got there. They, they made a league that was used to be a two-horse race, yes. and he's made it into a three-horse race. And yes. he could have easily became a Valencia where it's like, yeah, they're there. They're a solid <laughs> yeah. team, but you know, it's top four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a battle for third, but like mm-hmm. he's made it into a three horse race. He's made it really hard for any other club really to get into the Champions League because mm-hmm. his team, it's like a promise. Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid. Those mm-hmm. are the three that are going to be in Champions League. And I'm not, I can't say I'm mad at Simeone for continuing the way he plays. I just think he needs to reassess his team and look at it and say, hey, I have the talent now. I don't need to play so defensive because we have the talent here. Yeah. You have there's a reason why <laughs> there's a reason why you bought all these players. Yeah. Simeone. You have Oblock in the goal. He can save everything. <laughs> you have a great defense. You have a solid midfield that's able to create, allow it to create. Stop trying to kick it directly over them. You have Saul, you have Koke, you have the players there. Use them. Yeah, Marcos Lorente. I mean, he he got rid of Partey, or since they got rid of him, but he let Partey go, um, and brought in Torreira from Arsenal. And like, I don't, I didn't agree with that move. I think Partey was one of the most underrated midfielders. I think Partey though wanted that move. He wanted to leave. Now, I don't think he should have went to Arsenal though. He fell out a little bit with Simeone at the end, but no, I mean, I think right now you look at that midfield, you look at that front that front tandem of Felix and Suarez. To be honest, I had Atletico beating Chelsea 
Me too. And when we first started, and then I watched that first leg, I'm like, they're just the old Atletico still. Seriously. And hey, great, they're gonna they they probably will win La Liga now because they're out of the Champions League. And all they gotta do is focus on that. But um, hey, that's, so I mean, and I I don't want to downplay that. That's great for them. They're mm-hmm. in a league with Real Madrid and Barcelona. I think they got a little lucky that you know Real Madrid struggled so much with injuries because they did kind of start out really well. Mm-hmm. But let's I, I want to give them that credit. You know, they they definitely will probably win La Liga and that's great for them. I'm happy for them. Yeah, but in terms of like being a Champions League powerhouse, Simeone mm-hmm. has Not to reassess he has to yeah. reassess what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, another Champions League powerhouse is Bayern. Bayern made easy work of Lazio, uh, beat him 2 1 the second leg, basically jogged through the whole match. Um, you could have put that game on autopilot. Uh, Everyone was looking like Tiago, just jogging around the field. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they won 6 2 in aggregate. Uh, Bayern made easy work of them. No real news outside of Lewa scoring yet another goal um, off a penalty and then Chuopo Moting coming in and getting the second one. Um, so. Talking about Bayern, let's move on to the round of eight because now they're into the round of eight. And the draw today came out. We've got Bayern versus PSG, which is a rematch of last year's Champions League final. We have Liverpool, which is a rematch, or Liverpool versus Real Madrid, which is a rematch of the 2018 Champions League final where Salah got his arm pulled out by Sergio Ramos. And then Porto versus Chelsea, which is like the battle of like Jose Mourinho teams. Uh, and then Dortmund versus Man City, which is basically going to be the Holland versus Manchester City defense show. It will be the scouting report for Holland when he yes. moves to Manchester City. <laughs> They're going to use that game to say, is he good? Do we want him? Uh, let's start with PSG and Bayern, Derek, because we really didn't review Bayern's uh, second leg, obviously, because yeah. it was just kind of a snooze fest. Um, <laughs> Derek. Mbappe versus Lewandowski. Can PSG redeem themselves this year? You know, are they gonna are they gonna push it through? Is Pochettino gonna make that difference to, to get them into the next round? I have three words for you. Bayern's too good. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't think PS I think PSG going forward is very good. I think going forward, they they could beat this team eight nil. I mean, their attack is that great. Mm. The problem's not in the attack, it's the fact that they don't have they lost Thiago Silva. They don't have that leader. They don't really have the best defense. They have a solid defense, but not the best. I think Gnabry, Lewandowski, Sané can make their way with that defense mm-hmm. and just run through them. They don't have the best outside backs because Kurzawa was not what you want as a left back. Munir goes forward a lot. Munier's not on they, that team anymore. Where did Munier move? He's on Dortmund. He's been there the whole year. Well, then. Uh, it's Florenzi. Well, all right. I was going off of something else. My bad. Then it's Florenzi. <laughs> but still, Florenzi, like, like you said then, Florenzi, he goes up the pitch when he wants. He's, I think he's what you want right back, but I don't think he's good enough to stop someone like Sané. Sané's mm-hmm. going to be too fast, too big. Mm-hmm. And then Lewandowski in the center. You have Greska in the midfield with Kimmich. We already said they're probably the second best midfield duo. They're not going to be able to beat Paredes and uh, – no, they will be able to beat Paredes and Marco Verratti easily. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't think they have the team. No, I think uh, they're probably a goal short. They're probably a goal short. And I think that goal, the biggest the biggest difference maker for me is going to come down to the midfields of both teams. Yeah. Because that front three of PSG versus the front three of Bayern is equal. And if not, leaning more towards PSG because Neymar should be back. It'll be Neymar, 
Mbappe, Icardi, or Keane, or Di Maria, whoever else they want to throw in there. Yeah. Um, and that's probably going to be better than Leva in that front three. I think the defenses are about equal. I think you have a really solid center back in Marquinhos versus David Alaba. I think the left back, Alfonso Davies, Kurzawa, Alfonso Davies, probably, uh, we want to say, um, favorite in that. Right backs, I would say I would take Pavard over Florenzi. I'd take Hernandez as a center back or Boateng as a center back over Kimbempe. So yeah. I think the, the back line for Bayern will win that. So I think it's going to come in this midfield, and it's going to come down to is, is Kim Verratti outdo Kimmich, Kim Paredes outdo uh, Goretzka, Goretzka, and then whoever that third guy is, whether it's Mueller or uh, – I mean, they played the young kid against Lazio. I forget his name now. Oh, uh, yeah. I know you're talking about, though. Musiala. Musiala. Yeah. Um, or, or Javi Martinez. Maybe they throw him in there. I don't know. Uh, or Taliso. But then you look at the other side. They have Adrisi Gay, Danilo Pereira. Maybe you throw in Draxler. Draxler. Um, so I think it's going to come down to the midfield battle. If you told me who I'm going to put money on, I'm going to put money on Bayern. And I think Bayern yeah. win this probably by a goal or two. Um, I also look at the goalkeepers and I like Kaylor Navas. He won three champions league for real Madrid. He's a great keeper. He's not as good as Neuer. Mm-mm. Um, and I also look at the coaches. I rather have Hansi Fleek than Pochettino. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now I'm leaning Bayern. I think Bayern win it by one or two goals for sure. Yeah. I, I just, I don't think PSG have closed the gap. I'll just say yeah. that. And plus, like, you look at the size of Bayern Munich's defensive line as well versus Mbappe and uh, Neymar. Mbappe and Neymar are both kind of, like, Mbappe's really fast and he's strong, but Mm -hmm. he's not as big. Like, I think if a ball goes in the air, I'm taking the center back of Bayern Munich every day of the week over any PSG (laughs) player at the moment because it's Mm -hmm. just they're just that strong in the air. Yeah. No, I think just, uh, yeah. I agree with you on that too. Like the the size difference, and maybe this game becomes an aerial duel. Maybe Byron play a little direct, and you're gonna have five foot six Maratti and five foot ten Neymar and five foot ten Mbappe, and then you're gonna have six foot two Goretzka and six foot three or six foot four Suler, six foot five Boateng, six foot one Teo Hernandez and Pavard are great in the year. Alaba's great in the year. Alfonso Davies yeah. is an athlete, so um yeah it's hard to say that they would win if this game gets anything in the air or if it relies on corner kicks like Mm -hmm. if it if it's one of those like there there's no way that psg will be able to win those those balls in the air yeah i think i think it'll it'll if psg are gonna win it would have to be something special from neymar and Mbappe for sure yeah it would have to be it would have to be very very special uh performances from both of them so We'll have Bayern moving through that one. Derek, let's talk about the other rematch of a Champions League final, the 2018 one, Liverpool versus Real Madrid. Uh, it's an injuries versus injuries clash. <laughs> Both teams can't seem to stay healthy. Uh, the only difference is Real Madrid haven't lost all their center backs with all their injuries. They've lost <laughs> people all over the pitch. Uh, yeah, it's more spread out for them, you know. <laughs> who, Derek, who's the difference makers for you in this one, and who's your prediction to win? My difference maker is actually the managers. I think Zidane has been able to manage his injuries much better. And mm. the fact that he got that team to beat Mönchengladbach in that, no, not Mönchengladbach, I'm at uh, Atalanta in that first leg. Yeah. And he relied on Furlan Mendy to score his goal. <laughs> but like, you look at who he had in the front three for that game. It's just, oh my goodness. Hey, you leave Hugo Doro and Isco and 
a sensio <laughs> out of this. All right. Seriously, like I think the difference makers has to go with the managers. Zidane has been able to manage that team. He has kept them in that race in the league as well. He hasn't really been allowing them to drop points. He's been keeping them in the race. And it's just he's been impressive with the way he has managed his club with all the injuries. Because mm. you can never plan for an injury. No. I think and Klopp has had an easier, I would say he has an easier time managing them because when you think about it, yes, you don't plan for Van Dyke to get injured at the beginning of the season. But by this point, I would expect you to have made a plan of what you're going to do about that. And it doesn't help with the extra couple injuries in that position. But at the same point, it's like you should have you should have fixed it when it happened instead of waiting until you couldn't fix it anymore. I, I agree with you in terms of it's going to be leadership that's going to be the difference in this game. I don't know if it'll be managerial leadership. I think it's going to come from the pitch. I think not having Van Dyke and Real Madrid most likely going to have Ramos as long as he doesn't pick up another injury. Uh, you're going to have Casemiro, Cruz, and Modric in the middle. Uh, you're going to have Benz up front. And you look at that Liverpool squad, no Henderson, no Virgil Van Dyke. Fabinho may, you know, it should be okay as long as he doesn't pick up another knock um you know but no one else on that team i would say oh is a definite leader that can pull yeah. that thing that team through a tough time i think they were lucky to get a team like leipzig who's very young and probably also lacks a lot of leadership to where they just kind of they they out yeah they just they beat them because they're a talented team um i don't think that'll happen for liverpool in this one i think real madrid probably win comfortably like they did against Atalanta, similar score lines, probably maybe one extra goal from Liverpool's, maybe like a three, two instead of a three, one. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, I think Real Madrid will get through that one. So what about you? You think Real Madrid for sure? Yeah, I think Real Madrid for sure. I think it will be tight because just the talent that Liverpool have, mm-hmm. I think it'll get tight and especially with the injuries, but I just, I don't see how there's like, I don't see them being able to score four to five goals. Mm. And I think with the way their defense is playing, Real Madrid have the ability to score three to four, five goals, Mm. you know? Fair enough. Let's move on to Porto versus Chelsea. Chelsea are favorites, obviously, but so are Juventus when they played Porto. Derek, can Porto pull off another upset? And uh, if not, who's the difference maker for Chelsea? So if you're comparing Chelsea to Juventus, what's the difference maker? I'm going to say it's, uh, again, it's manager. Mm. Tuchel has been amazing with the squad. He has turned into a team when you hear that they're playing another team, the other team's scared, <laughs> unless it's like a Bayern, you know. But he's definitely made this Chelsea come, go from a team that was kind of an afterthought in the Premier League. No one really put money on them. They were just like, eh, you know, very they can drop points here and there. Yeah. Yes. And now he has made them very consistent. He's made them a team that doesn't really drop points in the Prem. They're in a really good form. <laughs> you said it. I don't know when you said it, but you said Christian. Yes, Christian looking like the next John Terry. Just <laughs> that defense is, has been impressive. They just beat uh, Atletico Madrid, who is, you know, probably similar to what Porto is going to play like. Yeah. And just, I think Atletico Madrid is definitely a better team than Porto. The only worry for Chelsea here is, is that they can't go in and just automatically think, oh, we have this one in the bag, which I don't think Tuchel's going to allow them to do. I think Tuchel's very hard on that team, if if that's the word for it. 
I think the only issue that I could see Chelsea face is Porto's just relentlessness in terms of physicality mm, uh, yes. with Pepe and Marega up front. And they're going to play direct and they're going to be warriors the entire time, just like the Atletico team was. Um, but I think Chelsea are definitely the favorites. I think they go through. I think the difference maker for Chelsea in this is going to be that their midfield's a lot better than Porto or a lot better than Juventus's was when they yes. played Porto. Yes. And it's definitely going to outclass Porto's. And um, they actually have, build. They actually can build. Well, that, like, you know, like you got guys like Jorginho who are, you know, they rarely ever lose the ball. Kovacic, who can carry it forward, whoever you want to play in there. And then Golo Conte, who's going to clean up all the scraps. Um, you got Kai Havertz, Timo Werner, uh, Pulisic, Ziyech, uh, Giroud. If you want to play Abraham, Mount. Um, you have a lot more versatility. So Porto has to keep guessing of who they're going to get. Where against yeah. against Real Madrid, or against uh, Juventus, it was very just make sure Ronaldo doesn't get the ball, try and limit crosses, limit Chiesa, watch out for Cordrado getting on the right side. Um, and I yeah. think I think Chelsea they should kind of win pinpoint this. the danger areas. Yeah, I think I think Chelsea yeah. will win this a bit like how Man City won against Mönchengladbach. I think it'll be three two, or four. Two nil wins. <laughs> yeah, two two nil wins, yeah. three or four zero. They keep their shutouts under two goal going and, and they, they win it pretty, pretty comfortably. I wouldn't say it's gonna be comfortable in terms of the physicality, but in terms of like actually being in danger at times, I think Chelsea will go through without a problem. Yeah. So let's move on to the last one, which is Dortmund versus Man City, the Erling Holland Scout Fest basically here for Man City <laughs> if they want this guy. Uh it's gonna be Holland versus Man City's defense, Derek. Uh Who's your who's your prediction to win, and uh, how confident are you in Pep to uh, pull this Man City team past Dortmund? My prediction is is I think Manchester City win this about a four to two. Mm. I because I, I think Collins going to still get his goals. I think he's going to score one in each leg, maybe two and one, and then not score any other. But he's going to average a goal in each game. Mm. That's just the way Holland is. I don't think there's a way to stop Holland because you bracket him, he's able to find the space. He. He's moving around. He's relentless. He's a very always much, running in behind. Yeah, yeah, always looking for it. He never really gives up. You can bracket him, put two guys on him. He's still going to be working to find a way to get open. And just, I, obviously, like I said, I think Manchester City have this one. It's just by how much do they have it? I think they have more goals in them than Dortmund. So if it becomes a scoring fest, it's definitely yeah. Manchester City. Yeah, I think it just as long as Man City stay healthy. As long as they can have Ruben Diaz, Laporte, and John Stones choose whatever three of those two of those three that they want. Kyle it's Walker's Nathan back. Aki. <laughs> you know, Kyle Walker's back. Oh yeah, Nathan Aki. But uh, <laughs> you know, and then left back. You know, as long as Sinchenko's not making any rash decisions and not being yeah. crazy, uh, I think they'll be fine. The other, the only concern I have is just with Pep. You know, I, to be yeah. honest with you, I just hope the guy doesn't do anything crazy and play some guy out of his position or play a weird formation they haven't played all year pep drops into a back six (laughs) please pep just play a four three three just play rodri in front of diaz and stones like you've been doing play if you want to play laporte at left back fine play laporte at left back he's done it a couple times uh play kyle walker right back plays Zinchenko left back is what i would say play your normal front three play jesus and sterling and foden or if mares or whatever don't go crazy and you'll win this game. You might, yeah. like you said, Holland's going to score a goal. He's going to probably get a goal each game. But if Man City does Man City, if they do what they did against Mochi Gladbach, two, two goals, they went four yeah. two comfortably, no problems. Yep. So 
exactly and it's well, just he can't do anything crazy i, I <laughs> watch him just drop into a back six because they have Holland. <laughs> it's like come on man we're just gonna play a play sweeper you. and a stopper <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna play a sweeper stopper so if he runs in behind the sweeper picks him up if he's trying to stay in front stop picks him up it's like no just just play the way you guys play please uh, like <laughs> we you're, beg gonna, you. <laughs> you're gonna have 80 percent possession pep like just believe in your team yeah. So, and the, the crazy part is, Derek, with our predictions, we'll have Man City Bayern in the semifinal, which will be really, really fun. And then it'll oh, yeah. most likely be Chelsea Madrid, which will be a huge issue for That'll me. That'll be really, really fun. Yeah. That'll be hard for me to watch. Obviously, I'm going to go for Madrid. That's my number one team. But to uh, see Chelsea. I was, to, I was expecting to, you to just sit there and be like, whatever happens, I'm just going to be like, woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, I'm so happy everyone wins. Like, football's always the winner. Like, <laughs> like that's basically what I would feel like. But, no, like I think if Man City and Bayern could play in the semi, one, I, it kind of sucks because we're robbed of a really, really good final. Yeah, I think definitely. with those two. But I'm so glad if both of those teams get through that we get to see that matchup and it doesn't yeah. get spoiled. And it's kind of a it's a pep homecoming as well. Well, not mm-hmm. homecoming because that's technically Barcelona for him. But well, no, it's a it's a going back to play the club that they just left. Yeah, you know, they I would say that they kind of told him leave. You know. Yeah. So. Hey, it's going to be a fun Champions League last round of eight and definitely going to yeah. be a good semifinal. Um, so. I absolutely love what we have, le- have left of the pot. This yeah, is a definitely. great – you have Holland at Dortmund just killing it, so that makes that team like 100 times more entertaining. Mm-hmm. Manchester City's killing it. Bayern's killing it. PSG is going to make it interesting because of their attack ability. Mbappe and Neymar, yep. Yep. Chelsea versus Porto, even though it's not interesting, it is now because Porto just beat Juventus. So it's like, oh, mm-hmm. they might be a good underdog team. Yeah. And then you got Madrid versus Liverpool, both injuries versus injuries. That'll be entertaining to watch. Well, and two huge clubs, you know, that yes, then they're looking huge. for, the, I'm sure Liverpool is looking for redemption against Real Madrid after they uh, they lost to him in the final. And I'm sure that Jurgen Klopp, that's all he's going to be focused on is Champions League. So yep. two teams put- that are probably more focused on Champions League than their league. Well, Madrid, Madrid's still in the La Liga title, but you're right. I think Zidane knows it too. Um, winning Champions League at Real Madrid is definitely the priority. Versus yeah, I think Real Madrid's more focused on winning the Champions League at this yeah. point. I don't. I think the league for them is like, oh, if we win it, it's nice. But if we win Champions League <laughs> instead, that's even better. Yeah. The, the the league is, oh, we're out of the Champions League. We better win the league kind of thing. Yeah. And then if we're not going to win the league, we better win Champions League. Yeah. Kind of thing. And I, so. And I think right now they're just like, if we win Champions League, that says we're the best team in Europe. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think right now they're just like, and we don't they care can about do being it. the best team in Spain. And if they can do it without CR7? Yeah, they go. will. Especially with all the injuries as well. Be, be very impressive run from them. Oh, that'll be huge for Zidane. So. Yep. Well, that will do it for today's end-to-end podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please let us know via social media or via donation and our listener support on Anchor. Uh, we are looking forward to bringing you all more great soccer content in the near future. If you'd like us to cover something specific, definitely let us know via social media at end to end podcast with the two. Uh, thank you for listening. We are looking forward to running end to end together again soon. Have a good one guys. Bye-bye.